How's it going, everybody? And welcome to episode 44 of Upon Further Review. This episode, we talk about the 1940 Disney classic Fantasia. Is Walt's experiment with sight and sound successful? How do we feel about cartoon boobs? Can hippos and gators find love? We discuss these and more on this episode. Let's get to it. Hey guys, let's do this again. Welcome. Hey, what's up, Jonesy? What up, motherfuckers? <laughs> and we have a special guest. Britta is back. Why, hello there. Yay. Hey, welcome back, excited. baby. Back for Fantasia. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, no problem. Really awesome. So- I asked her. I was just like, honey, you want to be on the podcast? She's like, fuck no. I was like, ow. Yeah, it's pretty hurtful. And I was like, but we're doing Fantasia. And she goes, oh, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know how much she liked it. I loved this movie growing up. I watched it a lot. Yeah. Partially as an adult now, looking back, I wonder if it was just so my parents didn't have to listen to stupid kid cartoons, Mm. like get some beautiful music in the background that feels more adult. But, oh, yeah, dude, fucking loved it. So this time around, what's your overall feeling about watching it this time? So it's very different watching it as an adult. I felt like if I was high, it would be like Um, uh, insanely better. Well, not just I think it would be like it could be in a very intense experience. Um, But I still love certain parts of it. I still love the same parts that I loved as a kid, which maybe it's the nostalgia portion. Some of the other stuff I was like. But um, that could also be with all the technology and fancy shit I've seen. Sure. That it, it it's not like I'm in the what it was put out in the 40s. Mm-hmm. 1940. Yeah. It's like if I think if I was in the 40s, this shit would blow my fucking mind. Yeah. Be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what overall, what's your. Um, I mean, I saw it for the first time when I was a kid and I thought it was pretty entertaining. I didn't really understand a lot of it personally is more visual watching it now as an adult uh i still feel the same type of way <laughs> i think it's pretty entertaining good mm. music um there's certain things for me that i was just kind of like mm. i mean i fell asleep through one of them yeah you know and then i it was she late she kept tapping me you know being like hey wake your ass up you know but other than that, I mean, all in all, I thought it was pretty cool. To be honest with you, looking into the history of all this stuff was way more entertaining sure. to me than just the actual mm-hmm. experience of it all, personally. So, What about you? For me, uh, if I had to come up with a sentence for this, I would say A for effort. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't... I've, I'm, I've seen this because I grew up watching all the Disney stuff. I don't remember it at all. I remember yeah. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's it. Oh. That is all I remember of this. And... I, I thought it was kind of a cool experiment that Walt, need, Walt Disney did that actually failed like it bombed in the box office. Um, but I had a really hard time staying engaged to most of them mm. and we'll kind of i kind of want to go through them little yeah each one yeah, yeah it's, I'm down. it um, seems like i mean they're what like six little mini shorts eight. eight okay so yeah you kind of have to go at them one at yeah. a time yeah so i figured we could them. do that because okay. that's probably the more fair way as, as opposed to I judging so it as too. a whole piece because yeah. it really it's a series of shorts yeah and i think kind of to your point about how things have changed a little bit so there if you look on uh netflix there is Pixar has a compilation of all their short films mm-hmm. and it's 
phenomenal. It's I've heard that. So I haven't seen good. it. But it's I've heard on there. It. It's amazing, and it's similar to this, where it's it's all the shorts that would be before the Pixar's move, big yeah, movies. We have one in the house. I haven't. And seen but it it's on Netflix. It's a the collection of all of them, and it's amazing. And it even has like the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the, the the projects, and the people that uh, decided to put this stuff together. And Pixar always does amazing, just good work. And know. I think it's Disney too. So I don't think one of them because it's the I can't think of the John Smith who is the the uh, black dude in history that when they're making machines to cut down trees and things like that, like he kind of tried to, um, or put railroads in. It was yeah, I know who you're talking are... about John. No, was it? I don't think it's John Smith. No, no it's not John Smith. I know it's sure. not. It's just like the it's most. With the hammer. I can always. I can picture yep, the character the from Tall Tale. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that movie? Yeah, Tall Tale. It's not Paul Bunyan. No. It was Paul Bunyan, Wyatt Earp, and John Jacob? I don't know. But that one's not computer. It's John it's Henry. John Thank Henry. You. Thank you. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> With our powers combined. <laughs> yeah, but that was paper drawn, so it wasn't like a computer animated. Sure. But it's phenomenal the way that they do it. It's kind of almost looks like a... The only way I can describe it is the colors is kind of like a quilt. Uh-huh. Like the lines are kind of like perpendicular and crisscross. It's really cool. Nice. But... So watching that and get my mind blown and then watching this pales totally. Um, yeah. But did you think for a brief second that you wouldn't have that Pixar type of thing if it wasn't for this? Oh, I mean, I can appreciate that. You know? um, eh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is I didn't the thing. agree with all of their interpretations of the songs. Yeah, I don't. Some know. of them I did. The, I thought I think the last half, the last 30 minutes, maybe the last half is significantly better than the first I half. I would agree. I would agree. So as we go through, let's let's we'll dive discuss. into it. First yeah. off, I did not know. I was not expecting any words whatsoever, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize I that. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's forgettable because that guy is the worst. He was awful, <laughs> and and every single time it, the look on his face and the way that they edit it, I felt like they're like, dude, fucking, it's rolling. Say something. Say something. Because he was just like staring at the screen for a good like five seconds before saying anything. And I'm like, you can't edit this where it just smoothly goes into this. You have to have him awkwardly stare at the camera. Right. So someone's like, dude, like, go. Go. (laughs) The green light's on. Now for your first. For the last time, when I count down from five, I don't say two or one. Yeah, yeah. Fucking talk. Go. <laughs> that didn't bother me that much. Did that yeah. bother you? No, no. It was just all. a little thing that was like a recurring theme. That you noticed. I don't mind pauses in things, because especially in things like this where you're going from one diff- one thing to a totally different thing. And so I don't mind the pause because it gives me pause to adjust to what to transition. Mm. But I hated hated that he spelled every single fucking thing out. Yeah. It was like, because like, you're too stupid to realize what we're about to do. I'm going to just spoil the shit out of it for you. Yeah. Right. A part of me was like, is this because this was something so new? Was it like, but I'm like, I don't think people are that stupid. No, and it wasn't like, that there were much silent after movies. silent films. Exactly. Yeah, there were silent movies. They 
They figured that out. I'm <laughs> right. pretty sure they can figure out like the sorcerer plot. I mean, if something. someone can watch a birth of a nation, know what the fuck that those people were trying to say <laughs> half the time, they can figure out this story. Yeah, well, we I didn't thought figure it out was, half of it though. No. You know, it was so. I really felt like that added to the length and also and like fucked up the pacing and yeah. it just well because the it had it. a. I mean, for lack of a better term, it had a rhythm. It had a flow, and for that part, it was just like, but right, you know, it was just like plunking down an instrument. And being like, mm, what now, guys? And then well, trying to get back in the flow. So that kind of threw me off and a little bit. Well, you gotta, boring. You, you yeah, guys oh, got to understand. Clinical. All right. You guys got to understand okay. the initial intention of why Fantasia was created. This I want to know because I right? couldn't find it. In the so team. the initial exactly. intention of Fantasia was created out of um, Walt Disney's love for music and cartoons, right? So what he wanted to do, this whole thing started because of uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, with the composer agreeing to do it for him? Well, not even the composer was agreeing to do it for him. Just He was already in the pre-workings of doing mm. this thing. They, he had his um, cartoon company, The Silly Symphony, which basically was they were matching music with cartoons and yada 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 and he had this grand idea of like what if we brought these really great pieces of music and you know had uh, told a story to them so mm. the apprentice um the Sorcerer's Apprentice was like the first one that he was starting on he ended up running into Leopold uh, Star Starkov Starkovsky, Starkovsky, Starkovsky. Sorry, um, or they had dinner at dinner. Yeah. yeah, they just had dinner, and he was t- telling him, "Hey, this is what I'm kind of doing." He's like, "Oh, I would love to conduct that for you," you know. And he's like, "Oh shit, all right, that sounds fucking cool. Yeah, yeah let's do this." So ultimately. They started with just that little piece. And then as everything started coming through fruition, he started looking at this thing and being like, we can actually make this an experience, like mm. a complete, utter experience for people to go to a theater, have it be an event. So they basically made these as they called it a road show back in the day yeah. is what they did. So it was kind of like you were going to a symphony mm-hmm. and what they created, what we have now is basically the stereophonic system that you're paying for, which is the surround sound now was invented for this particular movie that Walt Disney created and he shuttled all that stuff over yada 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 so when people came they they used um, Dean Taylor as the guy that you guys are talking about the 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 master of ceremonies that's talking mm, yeah at the time he was he was a conductor himself and he was like think of like the best commentators for like football or baseball or whatever he was that of the 1940s so he was the uh, the Dennis Miller. Oh, no, I'm kidding. He was horrible Monday Night Football. Um, I mean, obviously, he was, you know, he was, he, his voice is very demanding, right? It's a little it's bit slow unique. and yeah. very unique, very methodical. At some point, I was looking at that fucking, I was listening to the voice and looking at him. I was like, there's no way in hell that voice is coming out of you, man. Like Casey Kasem. Yeah, I was like, Where you see no that little teeny tiny dude and he's like, no. Yeah, like, <laughs> like mm, who's, I don't think so. Who's crouching behind you? So, so ultimately. A, oh, do you want to, I have a side note. Yeah, go for it. So I found I feel like for a lot of these top movies that they're considered the top, not necessarily for their content, but for either what was created because of it Mm -hmm. or who was included in it. Like, of course, the announcer is fabulous because they were a famous announcer person. Right. But that it's almost like you did something that helped future people, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean but they were, and said somehow they were just given credit for being good for what it was created for, but it's not the case. And it doesn't seem like that's the case for a lot of 
these movies. So Does that make I would sense? disagree so with, with you. Personally? You know, there's like the there's like the the searchers or other uh-huh. things where it's like you just Technically literally have, but you don't really necessarily know how that necessarily influenced future films. Whereas, so, I mean, if you watch a Coen Brothers film, I mean, cinematically, watch any. But they Western do Western now. anyway. But there was westerns before the Searchers. Yeah, but like, but for, not shot the same way mm, that western was done. Usually, before the Searchers, westerns were shot almost kind of like in a very two dimensional plane, mm-hmm. right? The Searchers came in, and the the cinematographer, you know, the lighting and all that type of stuff. They they created a sense of depth that that wasn't very much seen throughout mm-hmm. that time. Like a, a the. Fantasia is rather interesting, in my opinion, when you look at the history of it, because I agree with you. It's not for me mainly because, you know, how we grew up watching movies. I mean, this was what, 60 years, 65 years before we were even born, you know? So, well, f- like 40 or something. <laughs> well, it's 40s, and I was born in 85. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so 40. 45. <laughs> Let me do my math today. Anyway, so, okay, so 45 years, right? Right, but to kind of the point of what you're difference. saying, a lot of the reasons that these films are on there not, isn't necessarily for the content or whether or not it still holds to date. It's I, more about what they did to push film I don't, forward. I don't, I don't Which agree. I don't think makes, if we're talking about the best movies of all time, that that does not make it the best movie yeah, of all time. I would, I would agree. Right. But that it's it makes them something to be appreciated for. And I definitely appreciate what it takes. But that always frustrates me. Like, well, oh, find, you did something good. So now you're just on a pedestal. Like, no. Well, you know what I find? I find that um, at least from my experience looking at these films, what AFI's kind of curating is these particular masterpieces for the director for the storyteller themselves, right? Because they're all kind of director pieces, if you think about it, right? Secondly, they every film that we saw, that director put everything into. Like, mm. it was like a make or break, right? Yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Fucking uh, Steven Spielberg with Schindler's List. Fucking all these things were like the thing. They put their heart and soul into that masterpiece. Mm-hmm. This, in my opinion is Walt Disney's masterpiece. That fucking This is his fail. passion project. This was the thing that he was like uh that that he loved the most and it burned him so bad because he didn't make the money, you know, and he tried something different. Eventually like, it did. It made like seven it's made seventy six million dollars right, over the releases and all about, that type of it, stuff. Because totally. they re released it with whenever there was a new sound system that was created. Uh-huh. They've had re releases in and remastered in the in new the, sound. Yeah, yeah. So Which makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean And you know what I love I think that you know, who says what's good and what's bad, but what's fulfilling for a person is really what matters. And that's great, except for that's not really what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about does this hold up as really one of the best of all time? Yeah. Yeah. That's the premise and of the, the show. That's the real for question. Sure. Do you sure. think? Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Side note, because with all the, I think it's great the, the technological advances or the changes in mm-hmm. how films are shot, but. Just don't want us to forget. Is it really the best of all time? Well, I think that's the difference, though, because for me, looking at this list, it's not about being the best of all time. It's about being top 100 of all time. What's the difference? If it's the best of all times, it's like the number one of all time. 
Mm-hmm. Like the tippity fucking top of all time. Well, no, because I mean, all these films, we they're considered the greatest films ever made. Mm-hmm. And I, so I kind of look at it in the lens for the show. I look at it in the lens of that. And for this one, I, I see why Snow White's on there for Disney, but I Absolutely. don't see why this one is. I get that it was his passion project, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It just, that for me, I can appreciate it and I can appreciate what it did for sound and kind of the correlation between what sound inspires visually. Uh-huh. But f- for me, it just falls short and like, does it succeed in what the filmmaker was trying to do? And for me personally, it just didn't. While I can well, what still did appreciate you, What did you it. think he was trying to do? I was. I think he was trying to do that. I think he was trying to bring appreciation for classical music, which, I mean, there was back then, but he was trying to combine his love of classical music with his love for animation mm-hmm. and create a work that shows how music can influence a story. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I guess he did it, but I feel like what he w- how he was attempting to do it or to the scope of what he was trying to do, it didn't necessarily like get to the point where I think he was intending for it to go. And actually, on that note, I could see this would almost be if his because in the beginning they talk about the three different types of experiences they were trying to provide. Right. They were trying to provide that like non-verbal non like sentient just that experience of just colors and sound that we experience right and then you have the story and kind of like an in-between of the two yeah very literal version yeah Yeah. interpretation of the music right and (laughs) but at the same time nothing will match the imagination right like nothing will match that experience i have like no amount of flowers or charcoal drawings or whatever are going to give me what i feel as a i am intense i love my music if i never saw a movie again if i had to choose movies or music i would choose music so of all the movies this is something that i could very much relate to walt disney on this but that's because there's no way there's no way to really match the power of the human imagination and what we can create and how individualized it is yeah it's so subjective and that's a good point it's kind of a big gamble to be like this is what you imagine when you hear this song right totally (laughs) so you could ice i mean i was fine with it but you could definitely isolate people's like that's not what i see at all i don't yeah i don't this is a stranger to me but like it's a gamble it really is well and i think it's a beautiful attempt at something that i don't know if anyone could really succeed at that and that's the hardest part and i think it's an experiment that is exactly what it is and that's what walt disney kept calling it i love that that he was willing to experiment in such a dangerous way and that's exactly to the point and it was cool that he told his animators just do it do what you visualize yourself which is the first time uh, I don't remember which one it was, but they asked, oh, I think it was Sorcerer's Apprentice, where mm-hmm. they asked how he wanted things and whatever. And according to the trivia, this is the first time he's just like, what, what does it look like to you? In fact, the Sorcerer character was drawn based on based him. On right? him. Yeah. Like, this supposed to be his little eyebrow thing was supposed to be the dead giveaway <laughs> with, within animators who's worked with him. Right, right, right. Which I think is hilarious. Yeah. And you probably look at it as like, that Sorcerer is a handsome dude. <laughs> so that's good. Here's the like interesting it. thing for me to this point, though. Like, I feel if... Scary looking dude. Yeah, man. I feel if this would have been successful at the box office, this might be a different conversation. I don't think so. 
because I, I just I went had into no this, clue about the box office. I went into this assuming it was successful, it was successful just Me because too. it's just kind of based on that alone. Because it's been around. Mm. I mean, because, it's been around for a while. Yeah, it's like because, in everybody's Disney Disney collection back when people didn't collect v, like VHSs. Mm-hmm. They had Disney movies and they had this. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, because you got to really, get it before it goes no back idea. in the vault. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, it's the funny part is I sound like I'm fighting. You know, no, the no, other no, end no. of We're this just having thing. a conversation. The you're just the providing perspective. Me, yeah, I mean, that's really all I'm trying yeah. to do because I've, I'm on the same page with you guys. Like, I was like, eh, I get, I can appreciate. You're fighting it. for the appreciation of it, which I more get, than anything for sure. else. Yeah. yeah, more than anything else. I mean, from yeah. a, from a first watch, just looking at this thing, I was like, oh, that guy's voice is fucking annoying. This thing's moving kind of fucking slowly. Two hours, Jesus Christ! All right. Uh, oh, a real intermission. Okay, cool. Thanks. You know what <laughs> I mean? The, that's how I felt throughout most of this. But I mean, after just kind of researching and understanding the history and shit that went in there, I feel that AFI put this on there because they like to suck the dick of Walt Disney anyway. Totally. And so it has stood the test there. of time when it comes to like like audio achievement in film. Well, and I think that Walt Disney's dick tasted the best out of everyone else's. Well, it's all that cotton candy they put up in the air, huh? (laughs) That that vanilla scent. Uh, Vanilla scent, huh? It's unmistakable. (laughs) They just wanted an excuse to get at it. And Um, I think this is maybe on the list because this is the first time Mickey's been in a feature-length film in Disney history. Yeah, well, what's interesting about that this particular Mickey Mouse was that they changed a bunch of its original features because yep. they were all looks cylinders. different than Steamboat Willie. Yeah, they're all yeah. usually it was all cylinders. It wasn't very expressive. They basically had just like the little button eyes. This is what made wow. Mickey Mickey. Exactly. But this took so long that there were other shorts that came out afterwards that had the new configured Mickey. Mickey. Mm, but this is neat. technically like what they designed. What, yeah, the Mickey we know today is from this. That's right, so right. cool. I had no idea. That's where like Mickey got his personality. Like all. So that I think stuff. that's part of it. Like I think part of that's why it's on the list is because Mickey's so iconic that I think that they're like, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, they, they, they switched the head around. They gave him a beanbag kind of body shape. So it was easier to animate the way that he was animated before was just, you know, quick and dirty animations. Now, you know, they needed you know, something that was going to give them a little so bit more impressive. expressive, you know? Mickey can sail a boat. He can do magic. What can't he do? <laughs> well, they, so they, he's a man of many talents. Yeah. And I mean, there's <laughs> only, I mean, he's like one of the greatest pantomimers mm-hmm. since Charlie, with Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. You know, they compared Mickey Mouse to Charlie Chaplin. Now, you know? on that note, I do have to say that I was pretty amazed because with the silent films, you know, you could play, I could imagine how they could sync things appropriately, but with and with technology now, it's not that amazing to have music so well timed with the animations, but with the technology they had then. Oh, dude. And to have some of the just the beautiful um, like expression of some of the music in just in the timing alone of certain things. Well, they right. did the music was, first. Well, but even still, you have to think people are drawing each page uh-huh. to figure out just that half a note like that it's not even a second it's like a 16th or you know all those kinds of things and to time all that together and orchestrate that I think is pretty fucking boss yeah I mean it's cool but it's a, it's math at the end of the day when it comes it really to that is, yeah. because were, it's like each panel I is a certain math. certain amount of right. time so for that it's just more of like mapping it out like what do we need to happen in this these many seconds right 
this many seconds. So it's very clinical. Huh. Yeah, you it's know? very it's very structured. You know, they what they started doing um, when they were doing a lot of the visual effects stuff, uh-huh. um, especially during the right now was it the right of spring? What was it? The the one with all the yeah was it the right of spring? Yes, it was the right of spring with all the dinosaurs and yeah. shit like that. Basically, they were um, they 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 called them exposure sheets. And they were drawing, you know, how long does it take, you know, how many drawings does it take for a bubble to pop? Right. You know what I mean? They said, okay, well, at the 29th drawing, that's when the burst happens. So then they can time it appropriately. And they were doing this for water splashes. They were doing for a this lot of for shit. Holy leaves fuck. falling. Yeah, that's why, for all that's why handheld shit, animation used to take forever. Yeah, they were saying, like, for each actual, uh, like, cell that was being drawn and painted and all that stuff, took anywhere between, like, four to six hours. Yeah. As it went through the process, because there's multiple amounts of like different artistic, you know, techniques going. You know, you got the background paints, and you got the dry brushes on top of that, and you had to ink one side, then you had to color the other side, and then you know what I mean. All those types of things that just kind of it's a it's a hefty process. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's why I was, as soon as they started creating like animate like Pixar, it's just like yes, you know what I mean. I mean, obviously they had their own well, challenges. That took forever but, too, but yeah. now it goes a lot faster yeah i mean in all honesty though i mean hand drawing is hand drawing yeah. like i don't know if you could really speed that thing you up can't. that much yeah, faster it, it is what it is you know there's technical you things just have to find can... interesting ways to go about it like batman the animated series was the first and i think only because they quickly went to like computer stuff uh-huh. it was the first and i it was the first one to use black paper Oh, and really? then draw like for the noir they wanted instead of white paper and then drawing the black they used black paper and drew Oh, like interesting. The colors. So that's so they you know they find innovative ways to kind of change mm-hmm. up a hand drawing, but the actual process is the process. It's all the same. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I totally. still give it up to those people because it's fucking tedious and totally. hard. Totally. Well, and to I, be that committed to keep going at that shit. What I really give up to those guys damn. too is that these characters are so expressive. Oh my gosh! I mean, Disney's animation like there has mean, always been spot on. I yeah. mean, Disney, and even to this day, it's very hard to rival what Disney animation can do when it comes to bringing these to life. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. Only who does the minion stuff? Oh, Illumination. Yeah, so I feel like Illumination is getting closer to yeah, some of that. Yeah, I would one hundred percent agree. But otherwise, they've been one of the first to be able to rival it at all. Hmm. I would totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, can we go to the? Let's do. Let's do bit yeah. by bit. Yeah. So the Takata um, and Fugue in D minor, the abstract. This just I was so like forcing my eyes to stare at the screen. Is that with just like the That's random the very first flowers one. and uh-huh. whatever? Yeah, I didn't like that one. I at couldn't. All. I actually felt it detracted from the music. Yeah. Well, that like, was my kind of to your point. That's the one. I mean, later on, they also had like, here's what the instruments are with, you know, in picture. But the one, the first one is the one you're talking about where basically they're interpreting how your brain is interpreting the music. Right. So it's a huge gamble. And I could see that being like half of the people being like, not even close. Yeah. (laughs) This is not, I'm just going to close my eyes and imagine shit for myself. Yeah. We, we've been talking about this being kind of like Walt Disney's failed experiment, mm-hmm. right? The opening sequence with the, the, the Takata and Fugue was rather interesting because the guy that designed it was a guy named Oscar uh, Fitzringer. Fitzringer, he's like a German expressionistic abstract artist. Oh, I can see that. Right? So the interesting thing for me was that he had these really great elaborate 
styles and things that he really wanted to do. But then Walt Disney kind of came in and was like, well, people aren't going to get it. People aren't going to get it. So they, he took them and he started like he created, you know, the guy just wanted to do lines like very abstract things. Right. So they let the brain kind of. And, you know, do the abstract painting thing. That sounds so much better. Yeah. But Walt Disney got scared. Sure. And he started adding. So instead of just having the lines. Fear is the mind killer. Let's make them the string, you know, the the bow on the on the violin. Or, you know, you had these rolling waves coming in and on a horizon line. And he was like, well, they're not going to really just get it. And so he put clouds in the background. And when you do that, you infer something different to the audience. Yeah. My thought is, is like, what if you just let this guy do what he wanted to do? And it was one of those things for me that. It was like the first time I've ever seen something that Walt Disney would have done, and he he got second guessed. He second guessed it, and he threw it in there just because he didn't. I think there was a moment he was questioning himself, and he was questioning if the audience were just going to actually get it. And I think to the point, kind of going back a few minutes ago, when we were talking about um, Dean Taylor doing the the contextualizing of each segment. I feel like it was over contextualized because he was afraid that people weren't going to get it because it was such a new experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the opening sequence to me it was his experiment but he was very nervous to like actually um let it develop let it develop because he was worried he was going to offend the audience Mm -hmm. so it makes sense um because i feel the same way with you guys i was just like "Eh, really it's pretty on the nose here yeah you know but my curiosity is like what if it wasn't and we just had these abstract symbols well even colors and salvador dali a little bit different still alive can he do that yeah (laughs) Yeah, i know right i don't know can we put that in there can we get an edit is our youtube yeah is our youtube edit of whatever I mean, I saw, I looked at some of his, his actual stuff, you know, and he was doing some really interesting abstract artwork. Um, and I was like, that could have been more, in, mm-hmm. that could have been way more interesting because it's not inferring anything. Yeah. It's letting, it's kind of like what the music's doing. It's mm-hmm. letting you just kind of take it in and you're not being in, you know, it's you're like not heightening the music to let you decide what's whatever up. that is, whatever that shape may be, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is. And I'm like, that could have been cool, but because of, you know, Walt Disney's insecurity. I yeah, feel, Salvador you know. Dali even did some drawings for this and they ended up not using them. No, oh, there was sections. In, there were sections in this yeah, stuff. Man. There was like four or five sections that, that they. so fucking uh, they cut out and that never even got to be finished really yeah well because of the box office bullshit that ended up happening yeah it ended up not working out that's so interesting because my favorite part of that whole first segment was that rolling hill randomness that came in yeah. i was like i don't know where this came from but i'm really glad and then once they started to make it more into something familiar like with the clouds and the background and the trees or whatever the hell they did i was like and it sucks again and i'm done yeah but that really was my favorite spot uh Um, yeah so and that's actually that is the part where um i texted gary and i'm like if you haven't watched this yet you should probably um get high before watching it and (laughs) i texted back i'm like you'll thank me later yeah on hallucinogens for sure yeah you know like i would imagine I, i would imagine too if i you know was in that world ever I just watch it. I'm like, okay. Because it was re-released um, in 1969. It was in some theaters. For what purpose? Just because? Um, I think it was, I mean, it was coming up to the 30th anniversary, but that may have been when there was a new um, type of sound system for film. Uh, and then, because so every time they've done a re-release, out. it's been because there's been a new... A new. I don't think they did it for Dolby, but nobody quote me on that. Um, like a like a you theater, right do it, do it now. Quote the shit out of me. Um, but 
yeah, when they released it then, then it got really, like, theaters weren't really wanting it in there because it's an old movie that didn't do well, so that's kind of a tough sell. Yeah. Um, But it started getting popular, and I'm like, well, it is 1969 <laughs> when a lot of shit was being ingested by a lot of people. people. Yeah, it was readily accessible. So it's like pretty sure the same audience that went to see that in 1969 also love Laser Floyd. <laughs> Oh my god, there was one part in it I just looked at my notes There was one part where it looked like Dicks, almost like hot dogs Slash dicks in the sky Oh, there was so many dicks in the sky So it shows all these dicks in the sky And then afterwards, lots of stars everywhere Just like cum stars Is what I was imagining I was like, aww, that's sweet (laughs) How did they know what was in my mind? (laughs) I think about cum stars like every day And finally there's a film out there for me it's kind of like it was almost like as close as to glitter as they could get in true disney fashion if there were glitter stars it was jizzer yeah oh yeah that was probably dipping dots i would say it was the rolling hills and the cum stars that was, that was the highlight of that was rip taylor's contribution bit. to this film <laughs> yeah yeah you get glitter glitter <laughs> So shall we go to part two? Yes, please. The Nutcracker Suite. Welcome to the world of candy. I like some of it. Definitely not enough for the whole bit. I I had like a half chub for this one because there are so many things where I'm like, Anna, no, I'm out. Yeah. Ooh, but nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, there the were there were little parts that made me go ah, oh, and then I'd go ah. Oh. The best part of the entire thing was the dancing mushrooms. The oh, super I racist love. Asian super mushrooms. But Asian-y. they were so cute. They were so adorable. Yeah, they were stereotype mushrooms. Are ah, who cares? They're adorable. They, they, were they couldn't really even make cute. them shiitake. Come on. They had to just make them fucking. It made me want to be a mushroom. It really did. They were adorable. They're and- so cute. Did you want to play Mario Kart after watching I that? I did, actually. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, what? I'm like, are they supposed to be? Yeah, they're supposed to be Asian. That's yeah. kind of what I was yeah. very curious about. But that was interesting. It was a nice little choreography. Yeah, it was cute, huh? I liked some of the suggestions. Like, I was looking at some of the art and how they would take, like, the little seed things and somehow personify them, but with very basic drawings and shapes. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and some of their transitions were pretty good yeah. from like the different seasons or whatever, yeah. how they'd like kind of fade in and out into. And the fairy is kind of doing a dick move by exposing the spider's web by making yeah. it wet. I felt bad for the spider. Oh, they were the, they do, were the, the do, do fairies. fairies. Yeah. That's what they were. So they do were. Do the do. But it's like spiders like, really, really? You're, you're messing with my food. Like <laughs> They now see what I'm trying to trap them with. Really? Gosh, oh, damn. <laughs> How dare you. But I thought. Do fairies. The do fairies. I thought it was interesting. Why were flowers conveyed as like lemmings committing suicide? <laughs> Like, did you notice that? They all killed themselves at the end. It's like, we're never going to get better than this choreography. Let's just end our lives. Like they all that's all they were meant to live for. Man, they're lemmings. The basically. changing yeah. of the seasons. That's, that's ultimately what it was. That's it. I mean, I, for or me, I drink thought- the Kool-Aid. And I knew <laughs> that both. fairies are the reason that that uh, leaves go gr- brown. I was held back a year in school, but I was fucking right yeah, no. that it was fairies. None of this temperature change bullshit. I knew it was fairies. No. What's fall? I have a What's guidance that? counselor that owes me an apology. <laughs> They're turning in their grave right now. But, <laughs> but, I mean, did we like the Nutcracker Suite? 
Eh. I uh, it was all right. I, I thought like it was absolutely mediocre. beautiful from like an animation standpoint. Like all some of the most amazing technical things in animation were going on throughout that particular one. As far as like, was it something that got my dick hard? Me. As a viewer, I got bored. I did I liked like it for a little bit, and then you know, I got bored. The the little intro thing at the beginning, I did li- find it interesting that the guy said the Nutcracker Suite was the was the. Uh, uh, the, not the composer. Yeah, the composer. Like yeah. he hated Tchaikovsky's it. Tchaikovsky's least favorite, but, but least most favorite. successful. I did think that was interesting. I, that I was, was like, crazy. oh, who knew? Because we had talked about Christopher Plummer with the Sound of Music. Yeah. How unbelievably popular and successful that movie is, and to this day, he still hates it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like this. Uh, it's probably made him the most money. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I feel like Chris Plummer is just like Sound of Music. And then there was like the one movie he won the Oscar for, and that was it. Yeah, I feel like he's in his mansion. The Beginners, that was the word. Yeah, The Beginners. I feel like he's in his mansion, looks around, he's like, I wish a different movie bought this. Yeah, (laughs) that was the one. I read Shakespeare. Ah <laughs> oh, man, but uh, it I mean, still there was, kills me. There okay, was a anyway. there was an interesting perspective that Walt Disney had when he was thinking about like Walt wanted this to be an experiment that was um, that played to more of the senses for sure. people, you know. And he was he well, was, in doing a suite, it kind of lends to the seasons exactly. So it made sense with the ebb and flow of the music. It's like, and, how are you going to visualize phases? Right, exactly. So I mean, one of the th- one of the quotes he has w- was like, which I thought I actually kind of liked. Basically, he was saying like, um, a pure emotional reaction. Uh, sorry, the the primary purpose of like fine art was kind of to invoke a pure emotional reaction, mm. right? So he was just trying to. I'm assuming just kind of get some form of reaction yeah. from Question. that particular Let's piece. Let's take a poll. When did you have a strong emotional reaction? I, I, I did. My eyes glazed over like five times, so no. Did you have a strong emotional reaction? No. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> nice try, Walt. I appreciate your effort. That's the thing. A for effort. Like, that's the whole thing. And I always... That, I, I think re- that was a tagline. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Come see Fantasia. Come see Fantasia. 1940. You'll be amazed. A for effort. Yeah. By his effort and yeah. bravery. You'll be like, wow, he's and, such a brave man. And epic fail. And you in the South, you'll say, bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is like, uh, you know, Walt Disney's like, he's the kid at the fucking state fair and he did a fucking volcano. It looks good. <laughs> it looks fucking good, but it's goddamn baking soda and vinegar. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Good job. Susie Q in the corner also has the volcano. Exactly. As does Jimmy Taylor. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when your five year old niece is like, watch, watch, and does a cartwheel, and you have to be like, wow. But in your mind, it's like, all right. Like, anyway, back your to my legs life. That straight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, I, I can already do yeah, all that. Was, stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm happy you're happy. Well, this was right after Pinocchio, too, right? So, like, I think, was, is that the second one he did? Yeah. So okay. it, was, it was like, uh, it was Snow White, one. Pinocchio, Fantasia, mm-hmm. and then. Through all the subsequent. All right, next one. Next one is the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which was my favorite. Okay, and it's the only one that I remember from growing up. It's literally the only one that I remember. I feel like the storyline ones, or that had more of a storyline, were more successful because it's a little easier to buy in as opposed to have to buy in and become imaginative with him or with the artist as opposed to just the 
the random whatever that's the abstraction that's, that's too hard to really glob onto you know uh, yeah i agree yeah i agree with that but also on on the flip side to those i feel like they're all also too much on the nose hmm. where it's like visually like this is what you're supposed to interpret yeah as opposed to this where it's having more fun with it where... i actually i did think about that i was like someone heard this song and was like yeah, and created a whole story, and that I, works way more well, better for me. The story, though, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, the story was already there. Yes, yeah, an old story. It's an old story to this fucking music. Oh, they just reimagined. No, they, I thought I thought they wrote the music for this one. That no, was no, no, original no, no. music. Source, I don't. Think the so. the story's the old. Yeah. Oh, did they do the original I, music? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, I'm gonna what, look it up. Yeah, yeah look it up. Look it up because I'm pretty Wait, sure this was is one ballet? of the old. Was it a ballet? Was it a play? It like, was a it was a, a story, story, like a it's short just story. Like a story, story. Oh, well, yeah, but I'm pretty Damn sure. It. But I'm pretty sure the music was was, was just creative. Oh, interesting. Okay. But still, either way, that's there's an artistic interpretation that's really interesting. That's really about interesting it. to come. To. Well, I mean, and this is the this this particular uh, little short, if you will, was the the heart and soul of what kind of started this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the front of the poster. You know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's Mickey the thing that branded the whole thing. I mean, this is what Mickey comes out as at, at Fantasmic and it, and it kind of brands. Mickey, Mickey in like general that yeah you know that he has the best uh, intentions yeah what'd yeah. you find okay so the sorcerer's apprentice is a symphonic poem by a french composer paul ducas or ducas but that was written in 1896 1897 right. but it was based on johann wolfgang von goethe's 1797 poem of the same name so it was music that was written for a poem that is super ancient gotcha. and then reimagined and then it through disney by oh man so that's like making a copy of a copy yeah. kind of more than anything that, else but that's disney much style yeah, oh, you oh, guys totally. got under that's fucking Disney totally. style. That's where he takes Grimm's fairy tales and I just didn't know that, so I'm a little I'm a little heartbroken. Dis- yeah. No, not heartbroken. Goodness gracious. But a little bummed. Yeah, I, I gave them more credit than was due. Oh. But now it was it was a hey, good babe, you're cold blooded tonight. Cold blooded. She's, she's just honest, yo. You know, she is, I agree I though. I think that they did a great job with it because mm-hmm. it's something that people, children, adults have related to, remembered, looked back on. It's used for phantasmic to this day to a certain extent. Like, that's how good this interpretation is. Yeah, because I love music in film because it heightens what's happening and it mm-hmm. it gives you a feeling based on the story. I think it's 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 a very bold experiment to say, like, this is what you envision with the music, right? Like, this is it. It's kind of like a magician saying, is this your card? Right. Is this your card? When it's like, if you're asking me to visualize something based on music, don't guess what it is because it's going to be off. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's, I mean, it's it's a bigger gamble as opposed to creating a story and letting the music kind of guide you and kind of tell yes. you how to feel and to heighten this experience. Experience. And right. I think that's the music was so successful with this because that's what I remembered all these years later is mm-hmm. I remember this story. I remember it's almost like sequence by sequence of this whole thing. Yeah. And this was one of the ones where I really loved. I thought they had such great timing and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the way they told the story with the music was so 
it was so um, gratifying the way the music would cue with the arms popping out of the broom with the uh-huh. hands or how they stepped. It just felt so good. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. And did the I know they're basing off of um, off of Walt Disney, but didn't the sorcerer also kind of look like Gargamel from the Smurfs? <laughs> A little bit, yes. right? Like I was looking for his cat. Maybe Gargamelf was made based on him. Ooh, mind blown. Oh, shit. What'd you think, hun? Um, I, you know, to me, this is what they do best, personally. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's where they were most successful. Yeah, that's where they're most successful. This is you know? signature Disney, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, the first two, you know, I think were good and they kind of settled you into something. They're trying something very experimental with the first two shorts. The second one, eh, okay, getting closer. The third one, boom, spot on. Like they found their stride in this, in it, you know, for me. Yeah. The other ones felt like I was playing a little bit more catch up, mm-hmm. you know, oh, the totally. strongest piece was right smack in the middle. Yeah. So, um, and the story's great. Just, yeah. you know, very, you know, I love the changes that they did with Mickey Mouse because they wouldn't have been able to get that type of expression Not that with at all. the original designs. With his um, shark eyes initially. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for me, I really enjoyed it because that's the Disney that I grew up on. Yeah. Now, does this seem like one of the less risky moves that Disney took? I think so, because... This is right in his wheelhouse. Well, the funny part to me... That's kind of why I'm thinking about the risks that he took. It seems like... The, he took very comfortable risks for the thing for things like that are in his wheelhouse like right. this, and where he got where he was less successful was where he was willing. And to maybe be it was like strategic to be like in case we lost people in the first two, this let's is do the thought. third one exactly. to bring them back. This is my honest thought though, because of uh, you know he was he was already doing this one. Well, I think this would have stayed the same. This would have just yeah. been a simple short, you know, uh, silly symphony. Because you said this section. is the first one that kind of. Inspired, inspired all, of, all it. of it. And here's the funny part. The funny part was is that he was trying to create this thing and Roy, which was the accountant, you know, he was doing all the mm. all the budgeting and stuff, was just like, we're not going to make our fucking money back on this one little short. You're putting a lot of damn money in this thing. Yeah. And so that's when, you know, he met with, with Sarkovsky and then Sarkovsky was looking at all this stuff and said, we could do something way better. We could do something more. And I think, in my personal opinion, based on what I know of the history, I feel like Walt Disney just, he got excited, right? Like, mm. he was with another composer. He was with somebody that, like, got a vision. Another great creative. Another great creative, right? That was just like, no, we can do something more with this. We can do something more with it. This is just the start of what we yeah. can do. Um, and then it pushed Walt Disney to think outside of the box. And he gave him the confidence that he needed to tr- to experiment on things that he's probably never even yeah. thought about, which I think is great, right? From an ex, you know, from an artistic sure. perspective. Sure. This alone, though, I think it would have been the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and, not the only risk was to change Mickey. And it wasn't even that much of a risk cause they because they were slowly it, doing it over the course of the cartoons. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, mm. for me, it was one of those things where I, th- I felt like it was safe, but it was enjoyable. Absolutely. At the sure. same time. It was just but signature. I love what Disney does. That's the Disney. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Number four, Right of Spring. Ooh. What do we think, Britta? I don't remember this one. That was, was with it? the dinosaurs. at the end. Oh, it fucking sucked. I wanted it to oh. be over. Oh. I did like, I, I do. <laughs> I, however, I did like how brutal some parts were. That surprised me where me I'm like, too. he just snapped his neck in front of children. Yeah. Was it wasn't meant for children initially? 
Uh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be for children. It's supposed to be like a high upscale uh, road show. People mm. are getting like the same, the same people who go here a symphony. Stuff. Exactly. Got that it. that was the initial intended market. Mm. So, yeah, that was probably my favorite part was how uh, intense, how like. And that was pretty that like be. that was pretty uh, socially forward too because that was pretty much one of the first filmed implications of climate change in a film because oh. that wasn't a thing before and when it came to how they did you just um, make that up no it's true how dare you, you can look it up you can look really? it up really look it up you can look it up thank you imdb trivia um <laughs> but, so you mean we've had climate change before this climate change well i mean no obviously climate change was made by the chinese to push uh commerce <laughs> according to According to Donald Trump. Um, oh, man. Even though he says he didn't say that, but you can totally see a screenshot of his tweet that he actually literally says that. But anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> we but digress. They also they also uh, personified um, dinosaurs more accurately for what they knew back then. Right. Because, oh, that's cool. yeah, like with the baby one that was with the parents and mm-hmm. kind of how they how they reacted and things like that was very forward for. The thinking back then was very primitive on how dinosaurs were. So back in the 70s and 80s, they would just pull up the 16 millimeter spool during science class and they just showed this sequence alone as just like really lazy as drunken science teachers teachers were just like, this is how it happened, guys. They actually what's crazy is they wanted in this, they wanted to also show humans, the introduction to humans and the introduction of making fire. But creationists threatened to, to like boycott and shut this shit down if they did that. Oh. So yeah, creationists have been crazy and around and a Since thing. The creation and a, of time and a presence. Yeah. Well. So they didn't. They didn't want that. So they just took That's it out. Funny. I mean, it fits the way that it is right now. Yeah, I, I mean, thought it was. I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting um, short on evolution. You know, going from the amoeba to mm-hmm. then a dinosaur, and I thought it was. <sighs> A for effort. Like I thought, yeah. I thought it was very interesting, and I could see what they were trying to do. It just did not connect with me. Gotcha. Yeah, and maybe yeah. because of where we're at in the time that, and maybe that's because like, duh, what the fuck? And maybe yeah. because of Ducky and the other members of Land Before Time, this just didn't have the same. <laughs> it was a bit of me that Peachy. thought like somebody fucking saw well, right. this Peachy. part, mm-hmm. yeah, and Peachy. said, "Go ahead, we're gonna make a Land Before Time movie," and this was like the impetus for all that you know maybe because they the character designs looked very similar yeah just the way the blocky kind of smooth but yet square Mm -hmm. body and everything was very so that that was kind of my feeling what do you think gary uh i mean i'm on the same page with you guys i was like man you could see what they're trying to do yeah and you can appreciate the behind the scenes and the yep yeah like they were doing some really cool stuff with like visual effects within this they were you know they were shooting black and white negatives and putting the superimposing that in motion and kind of creating smoke and and you know the they were doing bubbles and mud vats so they can kind of get the lifelike you know, molten lava, <laughs> you know, shit like that. I thought that was kind of cool because it, it pushed literally the techniques that they created for this very particular piece is what propelled a lot of the motion graphics and animation and um, kind of visual effects stuff that we use today. You know what I mean? Um, By using real life to 
as a model for animation. Yeah, but also using them as like transparencies and oh, you know creating that. videos of those certain things and what have you. So I mean, from that standpoint, I thought it was pretty damn cool. I mean, from a from a start to finish and as a short film, eh. eh. You know, I do have to cool. say, yeah. from the music standpoint, um, that the music matched pretty well with totally. it. Totally. And, and it I seemed... connected more with this than the the more abstract ones. Sure. Yeah, Agreed. for sure. Because I could feel where the music was taking me was logical with what I was seeing. Totally. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Number five, the Meet the Soundtrack, Britta. Oh, this is the line, right? Yeah. This is the one where it was basically the vibrations from the instruments uh-huh. and things. So, I when I was a kid... I this for whatever reason stuck in my mind and anytime I had a fever up until I was in my 20s I would dream that I that of this line but that I had to keep it straight and that music would happen or sound or whatever and it was very abstract just like all Mm. all I would see was the line and it would stress me the fuck out and I'd have these stress dreams like it's supposed to be straight guys with my yeah like you have to be quiet stop it yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny and that's when you had a fever (laughs) yeah no really I'd be like oh I have a fever damn it that sucks (laughs) so um I knew it was coming and I was like, oh, my fever. (laughs) But actually, I really liked it. Yeah. This one I did like, but I don't know if that's because of my fever dreams, too. (laughs) I like like, the simplicity of it, to be honest with you. I mean, you have one line that gets to show the simplicity of sound and form and feel and texture, Um, obviously interpreted through the lens of somebody else. But I think it was kind of neat to to see that, you Mm know. What do you think? Uh, after five seconds, I'm like, and I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> it was a very short. It was like the uh, shortest I segment. I know, though. but it felt way too long. <laughs> for me, I'm like, I can't wait for the next one. Oh, it just, I, it just, just I no mean, nice for you. it was, I thought it was interesting initially, but I think it could have been done as like a demo at the beginning where it's like, ah. here's what we're, you know, here's what we're attempting to do because sound influences what you see or what your mind sees. And I think that could have been a nice little like 10 second intro at the start of the whole film. Yeah, and just to or yeah, yeah, and, and maybe even do that instead of the first one. Yeah, yeah. just to be like, because it, I felt like it was kind of the same premise. Yeah, but I don't know if that thing sets you up the same way the first one does, though. You know what I mean? Well, I, maybe just because the first one didn't really do anything for me, so yeah. it didn't set anything up for me. So I'm like, well, this would have been more effective for me right. at the start. But. Well, it felt like they were trying to create a character out of it, right? Like, I it, liked it, like it. had its had its own personality at the mm-hmm. same time actually, that was having sound affect it. You know what I mean? And then it was like, kind of had this personality of its own that I, that I thought yeah. was pretty cool, actually. I think that's partially why I liked it as a kid and maybe why I like it as an adult was just the perf- the personification of sound like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Nice. But to each their own. Hmm? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number six, the pastoral symphony. That was the Zeus one with the centaurs and oh, this was the one I fell asleep in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got like halfway through the fawns and you know the centaurs and the topless centaurs and some were topless, some weren't topless, and and they they cut it out, but there was some where the female centaurs with their boobies out were like washing their body. Yeah, in the water. That's they, the one I saw. I saw they, those. They were doing that. You saw, stuff. you yeah. saw them boobies. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I didn't think anything of it, to be completely honest with no, you. No, I mean, I it's just really... like parents that are like... To be, mm. com- to be completely blunt, I was just like, why are you going to... Co- you had those titties out. Why are you covering up these titties? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just let them go. 
What? Only so much cartoon nudity allowed. Uh, Seriously. Gotcha. The MPA was just like, look, you can have these girls yeah. washing each In other. In real life, you can't have you real can't nipple have showing, these. but you can have like three But if you nipples. don't draw the nipple. You can't have four nipples. You have to have three nipples. Oh, man. <laughs> the fourth one, that's R. Yeah. It's a hard R. Like a serious. Guys, what if we just don't draw the nipples? It's like, whoa. What are they going to do? What are they going to say? <laughs> there are no nipples. There are no nipples. Because that seems to be you the offensive thing. You yeah. watch TV and you're like, I can literally see everything but your areola. Like, literally. And somehow it's fine. Okay. And somehow that's totally fine. I totally know exactly the shape and size of your boobs. Like, but. I got really good x-ray vision. <laughs> I can infer TV. Just okay. enough. I can figure this out. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I I liked... Um, the char- the drunken character that was by far my favorite. The animation with the the chunky drunk uh, guy on the drunken oh, yeah. donkey corn donkey unicorn that was like the skipper from uh-huh. from Gilligan's Island. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite character of the entire thing. What I thought was kind of interesting for this particular piece that like it was that wasn't the original music that they chose for this particular animation. Mm-hmm. They had a completely different piece. It was gotcha. That's the one. Pierney's. Uh, Sidalise was the original music that they ended up doing, but it didn't have the same weight mm. that they wanted. It was too soft, they felt. So then they ended up going to Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony, which I thought was kind of interesting. So my thought was like, huh. I wanted to kind of rewatch it with the other track yeah, underneath of it to kind of how, see if how, it, how mm. well it played out particularly. Um, but at the same time, I still fell asleep, so yeah. I'm like, I'm not really Meh. sure story-wise what they're necessarily going for, other than coupling up the centaurs, which is fine. Yeah, I don't. Maybe they wanted like just the life, the half human, half I think horse. They, but I didn't get the yeah. Zeus thing. The like Zeus just throwing Zeus the lightning down. It's fun, like man, like that Zeus was a. I mean, I an guess asshole, basically. Well, yeah, and I guess they're not human ladies, so he can't have sex with them like he did way back in the day to make half gods. You need to tell me that he can have sex with a lady with snakes in her hair, but she can't. He, he can. Did he have sex with Medusa? I'm sure he did. I know he had sex with Hercules' mom and a lot of other people. That's why Hera was pissed. It's like divorce him. <laughs> If you're so mad that he cheats on you all the time, divorce him. Yeah, but do you see those muscles? You can get he's thunder in the bedroom. You can get half of the clouds. Okay, take him to divorce him. Get half the clouds. Honey, do you want to play Zeus and Hera? All the time. There we go. Uh Okay, so as a little girl, I loved this part. This is one of my favorite parts. It's kind of like a My Little Pony spinoff. Exactly. (laughs) Basically, there were plenty of things to soothe my little girl happiness. And fat-ass flying babies. Uh Uh-huh. There was love. There was pretty things. There were good colors. They all looked happy. Dancing. Yeah, I liked the sky thing that came over with like the purpley pink sky dress and the <laughs> clouds. Yeah, so, it was interesting. I liked it, but I think it was, it just reminded me of cartoons that I like to watch. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I still liked it because I watched it so many times when I was a kid. I was like, oh, look how pretty they are. <laughs> I used to pretend to be that one and oh, look at that. She was getting so giddy when we were watching it. I did. Yeah, I got really adorable. excited. That's adorable. Yeah. It really was. That's. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Speaking of color, they did have a stereotypical black centaur that was shining the hooves of the white guys. 
um, and had like what? big red lips and very stereotypical African American features. I missed that. that they actually, yeah, I didn't even well, catch no, that one. they cut it out. Oh, all right. They cut it out um, until the night. <laughs> yeah, Walt was just like, really? That's the fucking horse you're going to draw? He was fine. Dude, he was anti Semitic. So, you know, I'm pretty sure he's like, yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> it's kind of like Woodrow Wilson with, uh, or was it Woodrow where he's about birth of a nation where he's like, it's painfully true. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 buddy. Yeah. That was Woodrow, right? Uh, yes, I yeah. So. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they took it out. I th- want to say in the re-release in 1969, they took it out and then they put it back in later on. But they instead blew up the area that didn't show the stereotypical one mm-hmm. so it just like focused on the white centaur so they put it back in but they're like but we're not going to show it so they didn't didn't kind of put it back in but yeah it was very uh fucking sucks yeah so <laughs> it's very interesting all right how about uh dance of the hours with the hippos and the gators get them gators i loved it as well yeah <laughs> yeah What'd you guys think? This is my favorite one, personally. What did you love about it? I don't know. I just, I love how... It's... You loved how it was interspecies erotica? <laughs> well, yeah. I definitely I mean, loved that. My favorite. He was like, this is what happens when we let gays get married. Oh. Hippos and gators start getting together. It's a slippery slope, you assholes. Jerks. I told you. Real happy. Oh, yeah, they super look happy. super, super happy. <laughs> okay. Um, I think for me, what I love the most about it was it was supposed to be done as like a parody to a lot of the. Totally. It's very farcical. It's exactly right. They it was a parody to a lot of the the movies that were coming out at the time with these like weird with these dance sequences that were going on and what have you. Um, <laughs> and I love that they chose the most like uncoordinated animals sure, to the, do very this non graceful exactly to to be ballerinas, which mm. is like one of the most graceful things that you can possibly do within the fine arts. Um, I love that. And I like the liter like literary um, the narrative or the, the the literal narrative of the dance of hours. You know, you start in the early morning with the ostriches and then you you know you get the the midday hippos and the sunset with the elephants and they're bubble dancing. Um, and then the la- you know the night with all the alligators kind of coming through. However Uh-oh. There's a but. However, I was curious, and I wanted to get your guys' thought, because the way that I watched this towards the end of this, those alligators just wanted to eat all of them, right? I felt like that at the start. and then I the felt like one, that at the very end, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the end. But I felt like at the start, all of them but the one wanted to like sneak up and eat the sleeping hippos uh-huh. and the one came and somehow one of them scares off the rest of them. Even well, he's like he's the like, king alligator. Was he? crocodile. He okay. was like the... The fancy one of the group, exactly. right? Yeah, he was like, like a, he, he was like, like snappy dresser. So he's yeah. like, we better listen to this guy. He only, Fast snappy dress. He, he only wore a hat. Exactly, he had a hat. Oh shit, he had thing. a leg up. Yeah, and it was like, damn, that nigga got a hat on and a bitty hat. But I, I very much feel like it was. What was funny to me is that those alligators wanted to eat them. That's literally what they were trying to first. No, I watch the whole thing. Then they fell in love. I don't think they fell in love because they got to know them as a person. And then they were tortured. And they're like, we're not so different, you and I. Then they were tortured by their internal desire to not only love, but eat them as well. 
And I, mean, I feel like that was the case. I feel like there's no more ostriches. Don't you want to assume the one you love really after this? If we yeah. if we <sighs> kept the cameras rolling after this, they were all carcasses. Well, yeah, don't tell probably me that. personally. In my fantasy, they all lived happily ever after in love, <laughs> dancing together. In heaven. Would you? Did you like this one? <laughs> I thought it was interesting. It kept me. It kept me engaged. And you know, I didn't really mind. You know, hippos and alligators falling in love because it. You know, if they fall in love, it doesn't really affect my life. So I'm okay with it. Just yeah. Live and let live. You know. <laughs> but at one point, I'm like, mm, I don't think you know a, a hippo could get on there. You know tippy toes i think that would break their toes because they got big bone structure big. bro. yeah it's but they're little teeny tiny toes can you tell me that they're very mind? strong they are strong, super strong. and they're actually not that nice like cartoons always act like they're super nice their temperament's really bad and their jaws well, are so strong that's they can what they snap you know, they they've know snapped that. canoes and boats i thought that's two. why the ostriches ran away probably they were like Hippo. She's like, I hope they're not hungry. Hungry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well played. Thank you. Thank you. But no, I thought I thought it was interesting. I liked I liked the story that they made out of the music. Yeah, it's um, fun. Uh, yeah, I just kind of took it surface value. I, I didn't really think anything more. I just kind of right. went with it. Well, again, so, it's typical like Disney. Very yeah. Disney. I mean, and it's like the most and the, almost like uh uh is who does Ben and Jerry. Oh, Tom and Jerry? Or Tom and Jerry, yeah. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, who does Had ice a little cream? Bit no. of, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh... Had a little bit of that soon. style. Huh? Yeah, Had a little did. bit of that style. That, that, yeah. I kind of felt like that was almost more of that than it was uh, Disney like yeah. a little bit. Just kind of the whole cat and mouse kind of like, you know, status kind of chasing each other and mm-hmm. kind of making it whole race type of thing. It felt very Tom and Jerry. Yeah. But I just went with it. I mean, it, it didn't blow me away, but it was fun. It just, if to me, it just felt very, like, felt Disney. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the Sorcerer's Apprentice, this one just, it fit the tone for me really, really. And now let's go to the very anti Disney. Hold on. Okay. But we will go to the anti Disney part. Because that's very anti Disney. It's so anti Disney. It's more um, uh, heavy metal. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Metalocalypse status. Okay. Almost Metalocalypse. Um, I liked, so I think I was thinking, I'm like, why do I like the hippo and the ostrich and all that stuff so much? And I think part of it was because they a look lot delicious. of, well, that, and a lot of Disney ha- um, is like, I'm a princess and I look the way that a princess should look and I play blah, blah, blah. And these were portrayals of awkward, chunky. So like whatever. real animals have curves. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That like, I'm like, if that hippo could dance, I could dance too. <laughs> fucking like ready alligator you're gonna catch me <laughs> poor things the like, amount of and like, with like without shame i think that there was <laughs> some sort of like empowerment seepage for me i could see in my that. interpretation of it yeah empowerment seepage that is a interesting combination of like <laughs> just the osmosis <laughs> of power it did they just were feel so it sh- just bubbling up inside of yeah, you yeah you're like i feel so powerful yeah, honey what is this she literally seepage. looked at me and said catch me and i was just like <laughs> oh no <laughs> i may crush you but you will survive you're little I know. You're little. Okay. And those gators had no problem lifting up those hippos. That um, was pretty impressive. They did. Dude. Initially, but then all of a sudden they're like, they're light as a the feather. The balls on that hippopotamus was just like, you better catch me, little yeah. crocodile. Of course well, you will. And that's the thing is that's part of the beauty of it is that. They had some moxie, didn't they? And, you know, and no shame. Afterwards, just bat, bat the eyes. Turn that fat ass around. Mm, you like what I got? 
And he did. And he did. Oh my God. I love what he got. And how. Totally. Okay. Well played. Now the anti Disney. Metalocalypse time. Seriously. Have you seen the 80s movie, The Heavy Metal, the magazine? Have you seen their 80s movie? Yeah. This very much reminded me of that. Yeah. It just, it was very like heavy metal, very hardcore, very not Disney. And I thought it was cool. Like, I really liked it. I thought I was super shocked it was part of this. And I'm not surprised that back then and 60 years later, parents complained that this scared their kids. Oh, yeah. Totally get it. Scared but, me when I was a kid. I, I didn't mean, like it. It veers left fast for this yeah. whole thing. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, this is a hard left. Hard left. I didn't really scare me when I was. Oh, little. no. Well, when I was little, it didn't scare me. But you were well, a little badass. <sighs> like, Mom, open your eyes. Quit being a pussy. Yeah. My mom's just it's like, just a cartoon. No, no, I'm going to go get yeah, popcorn. I was like, I'm like, you stay here, woman. <laughs> I definitely pressed fast forward when I was a kid on this part. Really? I mean, the yeah, it's kind scary. of spooky and intense, I can see, for little kids. Yeah. And well, for parents who coddled their kids. The irony is the guy yeah. that did all the art pieces for this particular one, I think his name was like uh, Keir Nelson. <laughs> he was a children's book illustrator. He's like, you mean he had gonna, all these like you're art gonna nouveau, let me, gritty. You're gonna let me draw boobs and nipples? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> is this is this? Well, are you are you serious? Like, really? <laughs> you're messing <laughs> me, right? No, I can. Fuck yes. Yeah. Right. Finally, my day has come. Huh? <laughs> you're like, screw these children's books. <laughs> no, I mean he his art style actually sat really well for this particular piece only because of the like the lush colors that he was mm. having, the art nouveau type of feel. I mean it, it had a lot of German expressionistic tones to it as well, which kind of fit the overall, but I think the thing that I liked the most about it one was it was so out of left field for what Disney does. Um but it was a totally. really great contrast for the final piece to end the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You have that like ultimate darkness leading to, you know, the ultimate light. Oh. And it's like a nice joke. Disney's like, parents think they're going to be able to put their kids to bed tonight. Oh, <laughs> psych. Gotcha. <laughs> That's true, huh? That's pretty funny. Yeah. And even with the, the was it the monks or something at the end? Apparently uh-huh. the production of that was troublesome trying to get the effects of like the the glowy lights and things like uh. that. So they tried to use plates like smoke plates or things. I mean, there's a couple different things that they yeah. just couldn't quite get it right what they're going for. And even in that music was the first not counting, you know, the composer talking in between the words. first like actual words. Right, mm-hmm. right. That was what I thought that was found. really interesting. Well, what's interesting about so kind of coming back to the um the devil piece. What is the what was the name of that? It was the uh, da, 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 night night, night on, Bald on, Mountain, on Bald Mountain. Which, by the way, the the demon or whatever at the start was modeled after Bella Lagasse. They brought oh, him, really. They brought him in to do his you know poses and whatever, and the animators would take drawings of Who Bella Lagasse. You mean to tell me that? F- Dracula was that buff? The original oh. Dracula. The original Bra- Dracula was that I'm buff. I'm sure there's embellishments because he was pretty pasty. I was about to say, feet. like, underneath all of that stuff, I didn't but know. But it was more of just be that buff. Let's find out. Bella Lagasse. But uh, he is just kind of like how he. Lagasse or Lagasse? Either one. Tomato, tomato? Tomato, tomato. See, I said Lagasse. Lagasse, Lagasse. You know? It is Lagasse. <laughs> ah. Well, I, I know how it's spelled. I just know how it's said. <laughs> oh, I totally see it. But. Listeners, look up 
Bella Lugosi. L U G O S I. Yeah. Totally looks like way, the potato, demon. potato. But um, but just kind of how he held his Ooh, body, creepy. which kind of made sense with how the demon was like demonstrative. Sure, I could see death. I could see. Well, Bella it's not the demon; sure. it's the devil. That is so literally scary. the devil. Oh yeah, totally. Like he is he not is a pretty man. Scary. I mean, it's a good thing he played monsters because he has a face for radio. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, I thought it was in a really interesting. Just an interesting sequence, you mm-hmm. know, like that town. I would hate to live there. I'd hate to live on that little town on that fucking mountain unless they're all goth kids. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Everybody's just all like, <laughs> you know, listening to heavy metal music or whatever. Um, But the last one is what? Ave Marie? Cause uh, Ave, it, Mar- Ave, Mar- Ave, Mar- Ave, Ave Marie, right? I mean, I think the the, the the transition from the Bolt Mountain to Ave Marie, I thought it worked really well, actually. I think, you know, with the light and then, you know, the camera kind of pulling down, which more interesting enough to me was um, one of the longest oneers. Like, the, like, that was the creation of the oneer, I hope you know. Well, no, you so, mean. you know how Steven Spielberg does the one take, right? Like, we have this, you know, the... Great directors are known by their one takes, right? Telling uh-huh. the story in a continuous pull. This was the advent of the one take oneer. This oh. particular last shot. So it was oh, the longest one take, and they basically had to build out a a set. It was a that went from end to end in the studio. So it was a 156 foot camera stretched across the studio, and they did that whole sequence in one oh, one take because it doesn't cut at all as all the monks are kind of walking towards the uh, the chapel, which I thought was like, oh shit! All right, well, there's the beginning of the wonder. So, did you guys notice the uh, birth uh, that we all experienced? What it's like to be born, <laughs> dude. I felt what? like as we were going through the church. So okay, so yeah. So you have all the monks walking through, right? Okay, monks, monks, singing and we the cross song. dissolve into the church, right? And then you just have this slit, and it's you think it might turn into oh, a person, no. and then it starts to open up, and then it's almost like you're in a canal of sorts, similar to a vagina, oh, and then snap. suddenly it starts to peek open in a oblong type shape as <laughs> as a gash may open. Oh. Damn. <laughs> you went with the G word on that one. And all of a sudden, here we are, born into the beautiful world. I just. That's beautiful. I to sunlight that was a, and hope. I thought that was a, a beautiful way to end the movie. <laughs> I would agree with you. <laughs> we, go, we go from. Uh, ultimate dismay and yeah. terror basically little baby satan was reborn uh uh-huh, so basically uh, the it was the recreation of the omen yes disney's oh version. damien although it showed the sun so happy and like positive that it made me think that somehow the sun showed baby demon a new way <laughs> you know what just ascended, because you're born a demon doesn't mean you have to be one exactly and you can choose your own adventure to the light yeah that's that was my interpretation of that so i was trying to find uh where they talk about um oh okay here we go i was trying to find about the whole ave maria 
problems that they had. So uh, it was played by mishaps. Uh, to achieve the effect of moving through the scene, several panes of painted glass were used. Um, the setup, kind of to your point of the one, or it was mm-hmm. set up for 200 feet long and had to be done redone three times. Yeah, makes sense. Um, the first time, the wrong lens was placed on the camera, and the subsequent film showed not only the artwork, but the workers scurrying around it. Oh. So, whoops-a-daisy. <laughs> Second time around, an earthquake struck the studio, and the shot was once again scrapped. The next morning, the shot was redone. The film was shipped to the lab, processed, and couriered to the premiere in New York, where it was spliced the final print with only four hours to spare. Damn. Holy cow. Yeah, that's why I wanted to find that, because oh. holy shit. Could that's to the fucking buzzer. Yeah. That is some kind of stressful. I mean, Gary, you and I were talking about how stressed we were for Suicide Squad that they did the, the final cut a week before it premiered. Four hours this before four it actually hours shows was at the premiere? Wow. I mean, animation, guys. Like four hours, not Good not digital them. animation. Oh yeah, like gosh. with film. That's crazy. That's pretty awesome, though. Well, yeah, commitment. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. This Good. is the longest Disney animated film at 124 minutes. It yeah. is long. But you know what's really interesting is that so they took it to RKO, which was kind of like the Disney distributor yeah. at the time, and RKO was just like, I don't really like this. I don't really believe in this thing. <laughs> so they didn't they didn't take it. So Disney was like, fuck, yeah. what do I do yeah. now? So then Disney said, all right, well, I'm going to basically do my own roadshow type of scenario, and I'm going to hire my own people and do all that type of stuff. And um, it kind of went out, and it did decent. For the first year or so, I mean, it played it, you know, played in New York for like 52 but it was so weeks. Selective. It was like a limited. It really, exactly. It really was. And it was only having was... two showings a day in very particular theaters and yada, yada, yada. And it only, it cost them like to to retrofit the actual theaters was. Because it was brand new sound. Right. It was $85,000 at that time, which is pre-World War II. Right. Oh my God. Which that's is a lot of money. Which is a shit ton of money for theaters that they had to retrofit that stuff. That is some commitment. So they yeah. needed to make their money yeah. back once they were doing that stuff. So they went back to RKO and RKO was like, all right, fine, we'll do this. But we don't want to do this no, you know, we don't want to do this two hour version of this thing. So they cut the son of a bitch to 81 minutes. How? So what did they take out? They took out, um, I think they... <sighs> I couldn't get the exact things that they were taking out, um, or I, to be honest, with you, I can't really remember. But the things that they took out was like the the staples of what made Fantasia. So people that actually got to see it, see it, were like, all right, eh. it it didn't really have the heart that it had yeah. that, that it intended to have with throughout the whole thing, which I thought was kind of interesting. I mean, because it's long, man. Yeah, it's you know, it's long. like two hours. Like, it's fuck. a commitment. You know what I mean? Eighty. Eight, I'm curious what the eighty minute. I would want to see that. It looks like. You I'm know? sure Sorcerer's Apprentice is in there, but I'm wondering. Yeah. Oh, and for sure, uh, Night on Bald Mountain, just because we know that parents complained that it was too scary. Yeah. Yeah. And they have for literally for I bet you they took out like the fern or the Rite of Spring. The Rite of Spring. Or do you think maybe like uh, the Takata or the, or probably Meet the Soundtrack probably was one that they took out. out, That's kind of expendable. Or, I mean,. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'd be they interested. They were marketing to kids, too. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be, be, I'd be curious myself. But I thought it was interesting that RK was like, all right, fine. Fine. If, we, if, if you need us to kind of Hail Mary this thing for you, cut the son of a bitch yeah. down to 81 minutes. That must have... It's just like a knife in yeah. the fucking... Waltz, waltz. just like... Like, oh, okay. Oh I need you to know. make the money. Yeah, poor guy, too, man. And like, for, the, for the road show, they were um, curious about trying scents. 
like to add like different scents at different parts of the movie, but they scrapped that because they couldn't figure out how to get the scent out before they introduced the new one. The new one. Yeah. Made sense. I'm suggesting like coffee grounds or like farts, you know, just to like (laughs) cleanse the palate. (laughs) Use a good fart. Get a good fart. Just cuts through the old scent. I found what they took out. They took out a lot of the, most of the commentary. Good. I'd be okay with that. Dude, totally. Like you're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And then they took out Takata and Fugue. Okay. So which was, was that the beginning one? That was the, the beginning. first one. Yeah, take that shit out. Um, and those were the main things that they took out. And that thing, and that alone. And that, oh. it down to 80 minutes? And that alone Jesus. took out. Well, you have to think, how much that does That guy it talk? talked a lot. Well, and the in-between of transitioning, if you uh, took out a lot oh, of that true. transition bullshit that they had, that that really would cut it down. And that was so Would hilarious because that wasn't even the symphony that did the music. That wasn't the Philharmonic yeah. Symphony. That was just a Hollywood symphony. They were no, just it was there the for Philadelphia the Philadelphia Symphony. No, it wasn't. It was not. The Philadelphia one are the ones that recorded it, but the ones on in the camera was a Hollywood symphony. Oh, gotcha. They didn't play gotcha. a damn Dude, thing. they didn't. Bird, remember we were sitting there and we were watching, like, they were all conversing, and then all of a sudden, like, the 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 chimes, the chimes fell. Yeah, fell. I'm like, why, why was did they that do that? Yeah, what the shit? Why did you do that? See, <sighs> take that out. Yeah. You automatically save a few minutes. Seriously. Yeah. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. I don't know. So, over our, like, Final feelings. Final feelings. I want to go to you first because you've been the devil's advocate and the perspective guy. And the perspective guy, though. Not just devil's advocate. You're providing a lot of the background to this. So would Uh, you say that this still needs to be considered one of the greatest films of all time? How does this rank? Is it uh, Godfather or is it more of a Godfather part two? I mean, it's so tough because... I can't, I don't know, man. I'm so torn here at this okay. time. You can appreciate you, it. Yes. From an appreciation standpoint, love, love, love. Um, I feel like this is a huge milestone for, for Walt Disney and the Disney company and what they were doing for like future of all that type of stuff. Um, but to be honest with you, like I watched it when I was a kid and there was a reason why I didn't rewatch it all these years <laughs> to the point where you made me watch it for this podcast. <laughs> so I'm just going to let my answer lie in there somewhere. There you go. So you're going to be the, you're going to play the political card. Yeah, I'm just going to let it lie there. Britta. So I feel like this is a cautionary tale of if you're going to do an experiment, like fucking do it all go out. Go balls Either, deep. Either, yeah. If you're going to... Don't you, tiptoe around. Because no. like you said, I mean, kind of saying he was going to do the abstract. And he was like... Which would uh, probably be what I thought would have been better. Been cool, way maybe, cooler. Maybe yeah. not. But if you're going to fail, like fail, fail hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go big. I Annie really, all that shit. Yeah. Like, you I don't really, feel that he went big, though? He, no. No? I would, I, think, I would agree. I don't know with agree. all that, with all the BS explanation of everything that ruined the pacing by not using these amazing artists he had at his disposal to really um, bring something new to music and people's visuals, yeah. all that kind of stuff. What he did successful was only the stuff that he already knew he could do successful. Uh, yeah, because it's kind of that's a really that's a great point. Yeah, this is such a, really a this point. was a passion project for him, but he lost he lost his way and his fear. And this is I just think it's a great cautionary tale of what happens when you let your fear 
of what people think or whatever rock you because mm. I think it could have been a big success but we'll never know and so yeah yeah I agree because I mean it's it's kind of interesting to see someone uh, take a chance and be experimental within their comfort zone Totally. Or it's like, mm, but did you like? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I still. I and then st- when he w- had the opportunity to really make the jump, he, he choked. He, well, yeah, he he got scared. Yeah, yeah you know? which we all do, but which is it understandable. Benefit yeah. Us. yeah, I'm like, fuck, dude. Could I have done anything better? I don't. I mean, that's all hindsight, though, don't you think? You know, no, that's probably. You know, what's interesting to that same point though is that anytime this fucking thing comes up in like any interviews that he had about it like you could just see it on his face because i bet you this is the one he takes to his grave totally because he probably knows like i should have done this i should have done this you're talking about like he knew that he went in there it was a failure anyway so why not just go for it i feel like he probably finished this with a lot of regrets yeah Yeah. i yeah Mm -hmm. that's interesting that's a really good point baby so i think i mean i still give it a for effort but, yeah. but does it deserve to be on the fucking list? I give that an N for no. No. <laughs> no, No, I don't think so. I think, you know, we've talked about Snow White on the show. That for sure yeah. deserves to be it's on there. Story. But Definitely. this, I just, I see what he was kind of trying to do. But, and I appreciate the stuff in the back where when it comes to just filmmaking in general. But you have all those stories in films that they're trying to do something. Right. You know, so... It's going to have those interesting, you know, stories and background, but it just, it didn't do anything for me. And I remember there, I think there's a reason why I remember the Sorcerer's Apprentice and that's because it's signature Mickey. Right. And I think that made Mickey what he is and what he was and this personality that just, you know, so iconic and so transferable to a lot of different scenarios and and all the stuff. And relatable. And relatable, you know, it gives him a personality like like well, I said set before the brand like totally totally but everything else around it is like mm. not, I mean it's kind of like opening up a box of chocolates and being like I know one of these is the one that has caramel in it and then you pick one and it's just like why does this have dirt in it oh. damn it like where's the caramel one and you get to it's like all right well that was the one <laughs> like I see all these <laughs> other landmines I'm already sick from all the dirt yeah <laughs> it's like Still tastes dirt, man. <laughs> so Some for people me, like dirt, though, bro. They do, man. They yeah. do. That's why they made those Jelly Bellies. They're uh, dirt flavored, which is yeah. no. I think that's a sad. good point. But but yeah. So for me, it's like I can like parts. I liked Night on Ball Mountain. I liked Sorcerer's Apprentice. But within the package, it was it just didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I'm kind of curious what it had been like if we were in the 40s going to this thing and experiencing. Well, probably it the, the same because it totally tanked. Well, people did not receive it well until the 1969 when true. all of a sudden psychedelics. Oh yeah, made a, that's uh-huh. not true. They they there was two sides to the reviews because most of the magazines financially. Well, I don't give a fuck financially. I'm talking about what people the people that saw it loved it. Mm. Yeah, from what I've what I've maybe, read, maybe we critics did. Um, a lot of people loved it. The the Rotten Tomatoes forum wasn't invented back then, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, critics, the music critics, because the magazines and the newspapers didn't know. Do I send my the, the right. film critics uh-huh. or the music critics? So um, 
but there's these purists for music. You know, I was I mean? going like, to say like, you really a lot of purists for music. Critic yeah. who wants to impress classical composers right. is not going to be like this was shit. Yeah, they're going to be like it was amazing. That's exactly yeah. what I think of when I hear yeah. the Nutcracker Suite. Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh, totally. But people loved it. People loved it at the time. Sure. It just didn't give. It just didn't have. And people the do love financial. it now. And well, I mean, it's made its money back now. Yeah, seventy six million dollars. What up? <laughs> I think it has its merits, but did it accomplish? Did it accomplish what, what was, Walt Disney yeah. wanted to accomplish? No, Probably not. So. And that's why it was his greatest success and his greatest failure at the same mm-hmm. exact time. Probably his yeah. greatest Probably. regret of everything. Like you said, though, yeah. for Big sure took that lesson. to the grave. Huge learning lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my curiosity is what would Dis the there was a the question for me becomes what would Disney be if this was a success. And look what Disney is now because it wasn't a success. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see that if that would have transitioned. Because like, I mean, he had other stuff in the pipeline while this was going. You mean like because of what he learned or you mean because he might have just done stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I think if this was a giant success, this is to me, uh, being the huge Walt Disney fan that I am, this is where Walt Disney's heart is, is melding his love for music and his love for, for fine art and animation into one space. I mean, they did a bunch of these little minis, right? They, they did the, uh, all right Peter before the their Wolf, movies. They're the they ones did, that did that, you know, all these things because he loves this stuff. You know, this is something that he really loved to do. And he knew that it worked more like in a, in a small compact way than in the large way. And I think if he would love for it to have been in a large way, you know, his idea, idea was to take this whole thing and have it being an evolving um, bit of music throughout the year so you can go every year and it'd be changing and shifting and it was an experience that you got to go to over time and you can come every year and it's something different you know and new things are added and things are taken out. Yeah they were going to do that where they're yeah, going to add new animated you know I mean? sequences but they're like mm, logistically that. Right different. and I feel like this particular piece you know his heart was so heavily into this. My thought has always been like what would, what would Disney be if this was a success. And what's your prediction? I mean, I don't, who knows? I don't know. Because you can kind of say that about any filmmaker, yeah. Yeah. any of their iconic films, whether it was successes or not. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, you know, where would the awesome director be if Birdman had failed and if sure. critics hated it? I mean, what, could the, he could have, he commanded that hundred and I think $140 million for the revenant. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, you can kind of make that argument about a lot of stuff. It's fascinating. Yeah. And you just don't know what are the big moments until you look back. Right. Well, the other thing too, is thinking about like the things that Walt Disney learned because of this, Mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote failure, if you will. Stick with Mickey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Quote unquote failure. Um, you know, where they're at now and the choices that they made for the future, you know, when they did sleeping beauty and, you know, Mm -hmm. Cinderella and Peter Pan and all these other Mm -hmm. ones. And he really sticked close to the script, man. Yeah. More than anything else. He found something that works. I'm not going to go too far off of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause he didn't really get that much more adventurous after this particular piece. Right. You know, so I'm like, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if that was fulfilling for him. I'm curious too. I'm re- I really am thinking, you know, because he put so much of himself into this, maybe because maybe he was scared, you know, but at the same time, you know, he's, this was like the, the, he finally had some money from Pinocchio and Snow White to a point of like, okay, well, let's try something, uh, you know, let's try something absurd. And Pinocchio is signature <sighs> Disney, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd say it Pinocchio is. is more signature Disney than Snow White is. Sure. But I think the interesting thing that you got to think about is that is, that's his wheelhouse, right? Yeah. And I think 
as an artist and Walt Disney very much is an artist, like you want to grow outside of that. Right. All of his movies are kind of similar. The, yeah. Just different. Different. Maybe this is why he was so obsessed with trains. Maybe, yeah. Right. <laughs> he was know. real obsessed with trains. Yeah. And I wonder if that was misdirected fear. Maybe. Stay on the track, guys. Yeah, stay on the track. Stay on the track. It's chaos outside the track. Yeah, right? Who knows, man? Yeah, except for the, there's also a lot of fighting with your wife. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he had a lot of issues. Yeah. I mean, my, 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 last, my last thought on this was like, I wonder, it could be so cool if Disney just did, you know, they have the Abraham Lincoln, um, you know, they brought back the Abraham Lincoln thing from the... Uh, what is it? The, the county fair, the big, you know, state fair, you know, which was like one of his first big attractions. Like, what if you allowed to retrofit the room to be the way that Walt Disney wanted you to see it from its original intent from 1940? Like, I would go watch a couple of those. What do you there. mean? Like, I would, I would love to go to where, you know, where the Lincoln is, you know, the uh-huh. Lincoln exhibit or whatever. Go in there. At Disneyland. At Disneyland. Go in there and sit down and experience... You know the surround sound and all the things that Disney wanted you to experience. Interesting. Of from Fantasia. Its, of Fantasia in its originality, uh-huh. without I don't any think of that it stuff. Be that much better. You don't know that. Because he bust out. It's not yeah. gonna. Those flowers are not gonna get more interesting with surround sound. Yeah, I mean we're giving him shit on one thing that we know though, like one thing you know the opening. Piece, you know, he kind of pushed out on, but I don't know if he pushed out on all of it. You well, know he I mean? turned well, down Salvador Dali, man. Come on. I think that he stuck. He ended up going towards safe. He went towards a lot of safe. Yeah, you probably you guys are right. He just put, stuck his, his he big said, toe. I'm trying, the, Walt. I'm trying. No, I don't, I don't know why you're thing. why you're yelling up. Here's Yell a, over in the we're in the vault where his head's frozen. Oh yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: is that I'm not negging on him because I still think that because you don't want to sleep with him. Well, mm-hmm. you're not negging him. No, but <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Noah to the rescue. (laughs) Okay, so I don't want you to think that I don't appreciate what he did accomplish. Because what he did accomplish, I still think that it was big for him to try something different. But I just feel like I said, it's... It's a great example of what happens when you get scared and you let your fear rule you. And I think more than anything, I'm disappointed because I think that what he could have created and with his creativity mixed with the creativity he had as a disposal, which was insane that this could have been, this could have been one of those movies that we'd be talking about and it would be an unanimous. This is awesome. And I think that's, that's really, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. And at the same time I give him props for trying because maybe it could have been different if he tried again. Fine. I got it. I, I agree. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm I still like Walt in. Disney. It's okay. With all his flaws. Yeah. I still, my favorite still, Robin Hood and Fox and the Hound. Robin Hood Little John running through the forest. Yeah. I love it. What's the Fox and the Hound song? Yeah. I don't really know. I don't remember any. Hey. 
What does the fox say? Oh, by the way, what pisses me off is the straight-to-DVD uh, sequels that they made for these animated movies. Because <laughs> Fox and the Hound is amazing, where it's, you know, a fox and a hound being friends. Awesome. And it made me super sad when, like, the fox is accused of doing something and she has to drive him to the forest to, like, let him go, but he doesn't realize it. As a kid, I, like, cried my eyes out because I'm like, he doesn't know she's going to abandon him. You cry out as a grown man. I do. It's true. I still, I, I still am so glad that still so glad that Rachel didn't get on the plane and she came back for Ross. Anyway, <laughs> um, it still chokes me up, which is like I got off the plane. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> um, but so like, it's a very the, if you see the Fox and the Hound, it's such a good movie. And then I saw like at Target that there's a sequel. It's like, oh, interesting. And I read the back. It's like. The, the kids of them or something like form a country western band it's like oh fuck <laughs> off like are oh you God. serious so many of those sequels space buddies were now. awful just awful yeah I remember the air bud I grew up with was a dog who was just good at football and or basketball and now they go into <laughs> now there's puppies that go into space that talk <laughs> They're like Air Bud and his kids yeah, go to the Olympic to you, water polo now it's game. Space buddies and they're in spacesuits. I'm like, who's making those? My like, it's all for up. my grandma. She loves and watches all of those. She good really Lord. does. Yeah, they're so cute. But the originals were so good. I know she likes yeah. those too. Well, as she should. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think we did it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think so. I think we did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jonesy, we'll start with you. What is making you hard this week? Um, well, in the uh, same feel of this particular movie, uh, if you guys really like Disney animation, there's a really great documentary called Frank and Ollie. I've heard um, of it. It's good. Yeah, it's really, really good. Totally it's basically good. about the their two main animators um, that even worked on Fantasia. They've been there for years, and their their friendship that they've had since they were like I don't know, fifteen, sixteen years old. They both got hired. You know, they went to art school. They both got hired into Disney. They basically moved right next to each other. They died right next to each other. It's a really beautiful story of, of some really great friendships, and you get to get some really unique insight to. Um, some of the things that they were thinking about, you know, as animators and, you know, the, their, their styles and the way that they infuse, you know, into their drawings and their gestures and their, um, their action. Um, cause a lot of them, you know, were them, you know, on the, you know, as yeah. Baloo or as King Louie or whatever, you know, it was really, really neat to watch. And just the, the friendship story is beautiful. I cried by the very end, like a little baby. That's awesome. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. So if you guys can, fi- can find it, you can find it online. I think I got it for like, eight dollars or something like that on oh, okay. amazon so it's pretty cheap um it's kind of a tough find if you're looking for it like in a store or whatever but frank and ollie yeah. it's i i'd highly recommend it yeah and disney always the animators always were great you trying to get real body movement and things mm-hmm. one thing i forgot about the fantasia is they brought in ballerinas yeah to like mimic the movement and the yeah, fluidity. They brought in real hippos like doing that. ballerina. They totally did. They put them in. It was tough putting them in the costumes. It wasn't tough to put them in the costume. It was tough to put them on their toes. <laughs> exactly. Because I told you yeah. their toes break. Yeah. Like, we, can we get another hippo with no bro- broken toes, please? Yeah. Come on now. I thought you were training these ones with Juilliard. <laughs> they have tough toes. Britta. Oh, yeah. What's making you hard this week? Okay, I thought of two things. Do it. One is, so I've been going to a lot of weddings, which really, we only had two weddings to go to this year, and they were back to back. Yeah. So true. in the spirit of love, the last one had an aloha theme in the ceremony. Oh, that's cool. Did you guys know aloha means love? 
Mm-hmm. What? You did? Yeah, I mean, it also means hello meant, and goodbye. That's the only thing I thought it was. Well, motherfuckers, I didn't know that. <laughs> and I just think that's so sweet. What culture says hello by saying love? Just love. Horse. Or goodbye. <laughs> Listen here, just like to spread their love. So that their and chlamydia. I gotta tell you, <laughs> my girlfriend and that got likes. married, I told her aloha a lot. <laughs> I was like, aloha. Probably told her more as drinking kept going, right? It's possible. Aloha. Yeah. Um. So there's that. And then secondly, on a totally different note, <laughs> I don't know if Gary brought this up. Did you talk about that Cardinal series? I did not. No. Oh my god. Okay. So on Amazon Prime, this is there, why I love this. My wife, by the way, there is a great football series. You don't even have to like football to watch this, but it really helps if you do. <laughs> um, and it basically chronicles the Cardinals' season of 2015, which was a big season. They've been building, but it shows it shows so much of how football is is a bit of a chess game. It's an emotional game. Interesting. The really gives you a I think one of the better documentaries of behind the scenes kind of football stuff that gets a feel of what that team is really like and the mix between the heart and the struggle of the business aspect. I huh. loved it. It's very what's reminiscent it, of called? like HBO's uh, Hard Knocks. Yeah, uh, it is very reminiscent of that. Except for better. But I felt like they, they did a much, much better job, yeah. I feel, than Hard Knocks. They did a great job. Personally. Um, I don't remember Cardinals. Just look up Cardinals on Amazon Prime okay. and it'll come up. Yeah. So that's in the title. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's about the Arizona Cardinals. So I Cardinals. started watching the second season of Narcos. Ooh. On Netflix. Did you like the first season? I did. Okay. Um, it has the same problem that the first season did, and that is it's gorgeous. Like, I feel uh, Narcos and Fargo have the best cinematography in TV today. Like, yeah. I don't think anything comes close to their cinematography. It's mm. breathtaking. It's uh, the it's vibrant. It's they take just, a lot of cues from uh, uh, Breaking Bad. Better, yeah, Ooh, way cool. infinitely better. The 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 only problem I have, and it's such a minor thing, but there's no, you don't really root for anybody. Mm, um, the I'm telling you, the so, but thing. what makes you hard about this again? It's gorgeous. It's fascinating. Kind of seeing Pablo Escobar um, do his thing, and mm. it by no means glorifies the dude. Like it reminds you that oh yeah, you know, in Medellin he was. Like, uh, he's Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. You know, he's in an area where just the government doesn't give a shit about that. He infused so much money in that town that they loved him, even though they knew all the horrible shit that he did. But he is for sure an out-of-control monster that's just barely holding on to this huge empire. Mm. But they don't really show the DEA agents who you're supposed to be on their side. I think the the showrunners just assume that you're going to be on their side. So they right. really don't develop those characters. So they just make them bad, though? So they're kind of... Well, no, I mean, the de-agents are good. No, 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 no. Like with Escobar, you're basically just watching his himself Him unravel. Bad. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's yeah. very... It's almost... It's a, it's like a, a scripted docuseries, kind of. It's kind of cool. Way. It is super cool. I just... That's just my whole thing where I was like, I wish I felt more 
emotionally, visually I'm in it. Yeah. I just wish there was some of my emotion being elicited for, cause I like that in shows. Yeah. Like in the shield, Vic Mackey was an antihero. He was a scumbag, but they made you love him. You know, there was mm-hmm. somebody that you were rooting for. Right. And in this, it's like, I know what happens to Pablo. Like I know that history. So I was a little surprised they rushed through a lot of the history in the first season. Cause I'm like, well, how's there going to be a third season? Yeah. He was only on the run for a year and a half. Um, but, but that's just my whole thing is cause I like shows and movies where it asks for my emotion to be involved. And this really doesn't, but it looks amazing. The guy, I have no idea who the actor is who plays Pablo. He is, phen- he is Pablo Escobar. Phenomenal. They even show, like, they'll show actual footage from the news or whatever with the actual Pablo within the show. And you would think that would break the illusion of it to see the actual Pablo and things and then see the actor. But it doesn't. He's that good. That's impressive. He's that freaking good. He's amazing. So I heard something really just going to put on that point. I haven't seen the – I've seen – two episodes of the first season didn't do anything for you not necessarily oh. i just it's just time to be honest oh, gotcha. with you like yeah because it's, it's, it's our each episode yeah and i'm like well, I, don't, I don't right now i do not have that type of time mm-hmm. um but uh they were saying he was i was watching an interview with the guy that plays pablo escobar um the first season you know he flew out and he stayed you know in the in the town and all that stuff in and it, yeah and like wow. did just like hung out where where they were he's all still like a legend in medellin yeah um um, but he didn't want to bring the family or anything else. So he was away from his family for like for the whole time, for Probably the whole time smart. he was shooting. <laughs> um, but then they, they moved production and all that type of stuff into uh, where I can't remember where they moved it into. But then he brought his family all in because he really wanted to get like focused into. Did they really film in Medellin the first I season? I don't know. That, say, that's I don't dangerous know. to be in that country. No, it's not eh, that bad. Not I have a friend that goes there. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not as bad. It, not like it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's much better now. Yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. I was like, I would like to see an interview with this that. guy because I would love to see him not as Pablo because he, I don't, yeah, it's interesting he, because he's, um, it's even more interesting because he's Portuguese. So he had to learn Spanish. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I and thought he does was it beautifully. So I thought that was even, even more interesting. So very cool. Yeah, man. All right. Britta, do we have anything to plug? Have any plugs? No, not Besides really. you? I was like, uh, eat ew. healthy, exercise, so when you're old, you don't feel like shit. Hey, yo. Message from your local physical therapist. <laughs> Message. Message. Jonesy. Um, you know what? I just found out yesterday that we got into the LA Comedy Fest. Oh, congrats. Which, thanks, man, for time out, for time which out. is exciting. Uh, so October 22nd. We're going to be uh, screening Time Out with a bunch of other web series over there. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I thought we weren't going to get in, and then I got an email with me. I'm like, hey, you got in, motherfucker. And I was like, hey, yo. So That's awesome. Congrats. Pretty stoked on that. Thanks, man. Uh, so if you guys want to check that shit out, uh, LAComedyFest.com. Something, so, like, something that. like that. Sure. Check it out. October twenty second. You can Google it. Yeah, we'll be there. You know, I got some some passes, so we'll we'll be there for sure. What do you know? What time? Uh, I think it starts at six thirty. It's a Saturday, which is nice. Yes. So it's not like one of those awkward. Sweet. I can mid-week. actually go. yeah, one of those awkward midweek fucking yeah. you know thingy. So it's like Thursday at five, dude. What? The worst. It's the worst. Sorry, time. Long Beach, but 
you guys suck. Yeah, that's all right. awful. Like, that's, that's pathetic. Worst How dare you? Fucking it was awful. screening time ever. Who who can go? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was so annoying. And traffic too. at five, at, dude. It Southern was, California. Yeah, the worst. Hope you got there at three, bro. Yeah, right. And who's gonna leave work at that time? Yeah, you know what I mean. If you're in a fucking film festival for a web series, you have another job. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But this one should be pretty good. So I'm excited cool. about that. Congrats. Thanks, man. For me, well, for our show, we have UFR Podcast for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, the website. It's all UFR Podcast. So you can do the ats for all of those and for the website, UFRpodcast.com. Dot com. Dot com. Other than that, for myself, um, I have the Noah Kinsey at Twitter and Periscope. For Instagram, it's Noah Kinsey. So you can follow me on that. And make sure to sign up for our giveaways. We're giving away a lot of different things every single month. This was the last week for, by the time you hear this, it's too late. Last week for the Superior Spider-Man poster. Next, we're going to be doing the first four seasons of Robot Chicken. So that's pretty awesome. We have some other really cool prizes lined up in the future. I'm really excited. So make sure to sign up for the giveaway. Once you're in once, you're in it for all the dams. For all times. All them shits. Do it. Free so stuff. Do it. So, then do it. But short term is next week we are doing Jows. Yes. All right, man. All well, right. I'm excited for this one for sure. We I'm a big it. Jaws fan. I'm already going to tell you it makes the cut. Yes. Yeah. Just spoiler alert. <laughs> we don't even have to do podcasts next nope, week. We're done. That was it. We that solved it. We're done podcasting. Next All right. we have. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, honey. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.